Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Abs with the Truthful Man's Journey to Find It. It is December the 4th, 2015. We're going to do uh, another episode of In Memory of David McGowan. And we will be reading from his website, Newsletter uh, 73, Katrina, Eugenics, Peak Oil. Uh, Romans, once again, chapter 1, the whole thing is great, Uh, once again, verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a too corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness or cleanness through the lust of their own hearts and dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator, who is blessed for every man. For this cause gave them up unto vile affections, for even their Women to change the natural use of their use into that choice against nature, and likewise also men leaving the natural use of the woman, burn the lost one towards another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense for their error which was met or met meet. Um, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness and fornication and wickedness and covetousness and maliciousness, full of envy and murder, debate, deceit, malignity, malignity and whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, man, whosoever thou art that judges, for with wherein thou judgest another, thou condemneth thyself, for thou that judgest does the same thing. We are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. 
And of course, we got another deceitful, malicious, sinful event. Santa, well, I guess it's San Bernardino. I had a hard time saying that last night. This shooting hoax. Interesting from uh, Red Silver, it says here, well, from an article that he found. It says, when all incidents of four or more people were shot in a single event are broken out by presidents, going back to Reagan, considering the debate only stretched back to uh, 1982, there just happens to have a startling increase of mass shootings since Obama. The most pro-gun control president America has uh, had in modern history took office. Mass shootings are the last five presidents. Reagan, um, from you know, 1981 to 1989, eight years, 11 mass shootings, incidents with eight or more deaths. Of course, we know that George W. Bush, or George H. W. Bush, was the one who was in control most of that time, so he had the presidency for 10 years or 12 years or whatever. During his presidency, there was 11, or excuse me, 12 mass murders with incidents of eight or more deaths. So from 11, 12, then Bill Clinton had 23 uh, incidents of eight or more deaths. Um, and that would be five instances uh, during George w- uh, uh, w- uh, H.W. Bush's tenure in office. There was a little, uh, three incidents that had eight or more deaths. Let me do this again. So uh, Reagan, during his presidency, there was eight instances of more deaths, uh, five of those. Uh, Love and mass shootings had eight or more deaths. Uh, three of the 12 mass shootings during a, uh, George H.W. Bush had eight or more deaths. Uh, Clinton, during his tenure, had 23 mass murders, with incidents of Eight or more deaths, there were four. Then George Bush, there were five incidents with eight or more deaths, with a mass shooting of 20. So you can see this progressive incrementation that they've been doing. The, the government's behind most of this, unfortunately. Now we know it's controlled by the Jesuits and in Rome. Um, unfortunately, it's the case. Uh, Barack Obama... Since his tenure in the past seven years, she's had 162 mass murders incidents, with 18 of them with eight or more deaths. <clears throat> As they prepped for their third world war and prepped for their new world order, in which Rome. And the Satanists and the Sphereans of this world, the Jesuits, which control the Freemasonry and all the Oceanic societies, will control our lives and lie to us because they serve Satan. And Satan is, is a liar. And whether you, you want to believe it's real or he's real or not, it's real or not, it's up to you. Bible says otherwise, says that it's actually he is a real entity. Put my faith in that one and put that faith in that what the Bible says.
So lots of videos out there. Everyone's catching on to this false flag operation thing. I'm hoping next week I might be able to have uh, Darren on, Darren Espit on again, and talk about uh, these false flag uh, incidents and doing the, the holidays here season. And talk about the Paris one, and then I think uh, maybe I will deal with uh, the Santa Barbara one. And we can compare notes and expose the satanic agenda that's out there. <clears throat> it looks pretty obvious to me from anyone else who's been doing a little bit of research that this is all part of their uh, staged event, a active shooter event, and they just, uh, with the laws that were passed in the past since 2012, allowing the, uh, the media to have immunity as they do their job of propagandizing the, the rest of us and lying to us. So they get, they're getting away with, with lying and murder and more murder and lying. And um, meanwhile, in Syria, we see that um, that there's two pipelines that need to go to um, Western Europe that they want coming from Qatar, and uh, looks like the other one might be somewhere in Iran or Iraq, and they wanted to run through Syria, although I, I don't know why they just don't use their slave state Israel to do all this. But anyways, they got a pipeline that they want to run through Turkey as well and to Europe, so. I guess this is a big part of what's going on, too, along with their <clears throat> Albert Pikes, the Freemasonic, uh, Jesuit-controlled uh, de and desire, controlled desire to have their third world war, to wipe out the Zionists and the uh, Muslims. So hopefully we all wake up to realize who's playing us. And then maybe we'll we'll witness in our lifetime Revelation 18. Don't know. Maybe it's not meant to be at all. Maybe it was off in the past. I don't know. A long time will tell. Anyways, this article is Article 73, uh, or a newsletter, I should say, as he called from the Center for an Informed America. This is way back in 2005, on October 23rd. Uh, Katrina, eugenics, and oil peak, peak oil, excuse me. This is part one. This is what Dave had to say. <clears throat> may he rest in peace, and may he, God have mercy on him and a place for him in heaven. So I thought that I'd try the old, quote, fake my death and boost sales, end the quote, charade, because I heard that it worked great for the Beatles back in the 1960s, but it hasn't worked out all that well for me. To tell you the truth, which is why, for better or worse, I'm back. Did anyone miss me? <laughs> well, I wish you would be back. Uh, I have a lot of catching up to do, so much so that I don't really know where to begin, but I guess I will start with the following brief news story which I happened to stumble upon while digging 
deep within the recent edition of the Los Angeles Times, controlled by the Jesuits, by the way, uh, Katrina's aftermath, the Cuban hurricane preparation offers lessons in organization, Los Angeles Times, September 10th, uh, 2005, page A, <clears throat> 30, Havana, Cubans have no Astrodome or cruise ships to house the evacu- evacuees. And meals ready to eat usually consists of rice and beans. But they have weathered some of the most violent storms the tropics can churn up with surprisingly low death tolls and almost perfect compliance with evacuation orders. Last year, the United Nations Emergency Relief Coordinator, John England, England signed out, singled out Cuba for praise among the Caribbean nations for hurricane evacu- evacuation planning. When Hurricane Ivan swiped the island last September, for example, Cuba didn't record a single death, but 115 people died regionally. The same month, Hurricane uh, Gina killed more than 1,500 in Haiti, many drowning in floodwaters. Now, as analysts and politicians examine how the U.S. government responded to the Hurricane Katrina and how to avoid similar catastrophes, some say this communist island may offer a few lessons. Of course, we know this is a stronghold of... Uh, Vatican, right, and Luciferianism and Satanism. Cuba evacuations are, are mostly carried out by community groups that take cues from the government. The military assists an unarmed. Quote, Cuba views hurricanes as a top national security priority. They know the drill, end quote, said Daniel P. Eckerson, Caribbean specialist at the Inter-American Dialogue, a Washington think tank. The storms not only imperilize, he said, but threaten Cuban economic underpinnings, agriculture, and tourism. Uh, that goes on to the drill Erickson referred first to includes yearly uh, military uh, exercises across the island with two-day training sessions for emergency workers, uh, science, uh, simulated evacuations, and reviews the emergency plans. During the hurricanes, Cuba's four state-run television stations run nonstop evacuation orders and weather reports. The coverage is anchored by President Fidel Castro, who coordinates response during live progress broad, broadcast as if waging battle against an invading army. Uh, it's an organized system and a pyramid structure, as everything is, 
said Dr. Gabriel Diaz Ramirez, a Cuban pediatrician dispatched to Indonesia this year to treat tsunami survivors. And this here within the quote, we have and we have our government's support. End quote. I guess that would be part of. The, I don't know if there's any more to this. It's a pretty long quote. So, I guess there's a new quote. Uh, no, there isn't. Okay. Perhaps the most striking element of Cuba's disaster preparedness is the most residents obey evacuation orders. Without question, the government says it evacuated 1.5 million people in July ahead of Hurricane Dennis. Most went to safe zones and 250,000 flocked to state-run shelters. This contrasts starkly with New Orleans, where thousands decided to ride out the storm and were later plucked from the flooded attics or perished. Others are still refusing to leave, even with toxic muck on the streets and armed forces moving in to carry out mandatory evacuations. Erickson, Erickson suggested that the smooth displacements were a product of the government tightly controlled over residents. Oh, this is bad news. Quote, it's still a police state, he said. You, you could say one advantage they have is the ability to move large numbers of people in a short amount of time. Yeah, that's a bad idea. But, of course, the political environment in Cuba makes it difficult to resist those kinds of orders. That comes from the L.A. Times. <clears throat> then he says, stupid effing commies. Can you imagine a government actually demonstrating concern for health and safety of the people? What are they thinking over there? What is the business of sending in the military unarmed as if they were being sent to do some sort of humanitarian work? How in the hell are you going to issue shoot-to-kill orders if your relief workers aren't even packing heat? Those pinkos are just so damn backwards in their thinking. I mean, who the hell relies on, quote, community groups, end quote, when you can just get on the phone and call some professional mercenaries? Blackwater, mercenary deploy in New Orleans. I had no idea. Did you know that? Blackwater was deployed in New Orleans during the flood. <laughs> Come to think of it, I bet they uh, don't even have any private paramilitary outfits in Cuba. They do, though, have an awful lot of medical doctors, so many that they offer to send over a virtual army of 1,100 of them to tend to the victims of Katrina. Bush administration, however, realized that the presence of swarms of qualified medical personnel could negatively impact the the, the, uh, the, the glorification 
project <clears throat> and declined the offer. What was that it to say? The writer and editor of the LA Times piece off after consulting their trusty copy of quote Orwell for Dummies and the quote concluded that Cuba is better in responding to disasters because quote it is still as pleased to end the quote, but that much is rather obvious since, as any fool knows, quote, a police state, quote, is one of that responds to natural disasters by sending in actual relief workers. While a, quote, the democracy, end quote, generally responds in natural disasters by militarily occupying the zone of destruction and criminalizing survivors. Most of you probably remember uh, learning all of that stuff back in your civics classes. <laughs> there is, of course, an alternative explanation to why the Cuban people willingly followed ev evacuation orders while the residents of New Orleans were reluctant to do so. Granted, the alternative explanation lacks the disconnection from reality so clearly on display in the Times article. But we should probably give it some consideration nonetheless, so here it is. The Cuban people know that after a da the danger has passed, they will actually be allowed to return to their homes. The people in New Orleans, on the other hand, had good reason to fear they would not. It is painfully obvious that many of the former residents of New Orleans will never be going home. Many did not survive, though we will never know the true number since it is apparent from early on that the death toll would be covered up. Of those who did survive, many have seen the last of their family homes, residents in New Orleans probably didn't realize it at the time, but the stage was set two months before Katrina came ashore on June the 23rd, 2005, when the U.S. Supreme Court, in, an infinite, in, in its infinite wisdom, decreed that it was well, within the, quote, rule of law, end of quote, for the government to seize what is ostensibly, ostensibly, excuse me, privately held land so that that land can then be passed into the grubby, bloody hands of developers. <clears throat> yes, that's the case, folks. If you think you don't, or that America's turning into a fascist nation, it's always been one. <laughs> you need to really study your history. Now, I was talking to Chris Kendall from uh, HoaxbustersCall.com last night after I talked to uh, Jonathan there, the Margell Mar Mar YouTube channel that you want to check out. Easily. It says that's Jonathan's work about it, you know, explaining the flat earth and how the the round earth is a giant hoax. <clears throat> and I was talking to I called him up to see if he'd be interested to talk to Jonathan because I'd love to see, hear these two gentlemen uh, have a conversation. I think it'd be really insightful. Um, and I hope I'm right about that and I hope it happens. So, 
But anyways, we're talking about all these incidents, these false flag operations and these um, staged events and these active shooters things. You know, you know, part of it is, of course, uh, a lot of people feel it's about gun grab, although for some reason they're not grabbing anybody's guns. Um, and I was thinking, you know, the one thing we're seeing images of is not people being blown up, shot, or all that kind of stuff, but what we are seeing is endless images of people at their backsides of the FBI uh, on it. Um, police officers, SWAT teams all decked up like soldiers. And, you know, one of the things that uh, was brought up by uh, what Chris, we talked about a little about, is, is this a way of, because the fact of the matter is, the United States really, it's our government really is not as strong as we like to believe it is, that its resources are being funneled out to do their papal crusades. That's my my point. That wasn't uh, Chris's. And I believe that we are simply serving the Roman Empire and Rome, and that we're just fighting their proxy wars. And all our money is going to them and draining this country, if it is even a country. And that the reason why we're constantly having these incidents, and there's many folds, but one of the you know the messages is to give the the illusion that uh, our government is under is under control. They know what they're doing. They um, have the resources to keep law and order. When in reality, it looks like there's such a small number of a populace. If the populace were to actually wake up to the fact of how bad the situation is. I think they would literally have to send in the year the UN army, standing army in China or other places. Um, so they're in a way they're it's more mind control and manipulation to convince people that the government is really under control and that's how much we need to have these people, and their 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 uh, their guns their. Uh, military, armored vehicles, uh, etc., uh, how we could not live without them. I really think this is what it is. They use this as a PA. These are PR uh, events, uh, commercials, if you will, that justify the fact that we keep on not only surrendering what little freedom we actually have. Well, we don't have any freedom. We just have this illusion. They give it a grand illusion of freedom. And you have a show like this and say, oh, you'd rather express your opinion. Big deal. Can't do anything else with it. And it can't uh, make a difference. It can't really change anything. All you can do is just bitch and moan about things. We're a nation of mind-controlled members of cults that do the best bitching money can buy. That's what it is. Now we're learning another example of New Orleans. Going back in time, I think it's very important to go back in time and remember this for we have a tendency to forget, don't we? Uh, so we were talking about how painfully obvious it was for residents of New Orleans will never be going home. Many did not. Uh, many did not survive, though. We will never know the not true number since it is apparent from early on that the death toll would be covered up of those who did survive. Many had seen the last of their family homes. Residents of New Orleans probably didn't realize at the time, but the stage was set 
two months before Katrina came ashore on June 23, 2005, when the U.S. Supreme Court, in, in, in its infinite wisdom, decreed that it is well within the rule of law for the government to seize what ostensibly privately, uh, what is ostensibly, ostensibly privately held land so that that land can then be passed into the grubby, bloody hands of the developers. Now, it's just interesting that they had this ruling just prior to Katrina. Do you think there might be some kind of coincidence? Now, also knowing with their weather wars and how they could create the scenario necessary to do what they just did in New Orleans and other places. It's interesting that San Bernardino they, they closed down the majority of the city. It's such a staged event. Did you watch even the, the, the chase and everything else? It's uh, sickeningly deceitful. And I don't know if the people on the ground, uh, the majority, how many of them know what's going on, but it's, it's a darn right, darn right disgrace. It's a shame. Starnright disgrace what they're willing to do, what the CIA-controlled media is willing to do. Oh, we are one of the most ignorant groups of people in the world, unfortunately, it turns out to be. We lied about, about everything. Just take the pill. Shut up. The stage was actually set earlier in April of 2005 in the U.S. Congress and its infinite wisdom opt to pass some bankruptcy quote reform and quote legislation. I defer to LA Times once again for an explanation of exactly how that reform uh, will be will come into play. After virtually every major hurricane in the last 25 years, bankruptcy filings have grown significantly faster as faster than usual as victims sought to shake off the old debts in order to rebuild their economically ruined lives. But unless changes are made to, a, to an overhaul of the nation's bankruptcy laws due to kick in next month, many of those uh, affected by Hurricane Katrina and the resulting floods will have a substantially harder time winning court relief from loans they occurred for homes and businesses that are now gone, according to the variety of judges, lawyers, and policy experts. Um, just because your house or car is somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico doesn't mean your auto loan or mortgage went with it, said Brandy C. Williamson, who was appointed by President Clinton to head the National Bankruptcy Commission in the mid-1990s. Peter Gasoline, or Gasoline, is that what it is? Gasoline. Uh, new bankruptcy laws could exact a toll on storm victims in the LA Times, September 7th. 2005. Imagine, if you will, this purely amend ahem, H A A H E M. So ahem. Oh, I've got purely ahem hypothetical scenario, which, as we all know, 
could never happen in the land of the free and the home of the brave <laughs> under the pretense of that conditions are far too dangerous for you to stay you and your families are forced from your family home by heavily armed troops you are then shipped off against your will to some distant unspecified location where where your actions are monitored lest you decide to do something crazy such as attempting to return to what you quite foolishly still think is your home that home meanwhile is condemned and quickly bulldozed though the actual damage to the property was quite minimal the ground that your house used to stand on is seized by the government and will soon serve as the home of the quote pirates of the Caribbean and a quote ride at New Disneyland New Orleans <laughs> having been shipped off uh, everything that you once called your own including your home and all your furniture the land it stood on your vehicles your job and having been separated from your friends and neighbors you are now faced with the daunting prospects of completely rebuilding your life with little to work with other than a mountain of debt which you are quickly assured you will be required to pay back and guess what this month's payment is already past due we live in a shithole of a country and that's the truth of the matter sorry for the language but if anybody doesn't believe the United States of America is not fascist at its core you don't know your country you don't understand reality period if you were ever to find yourself in this quote hypothetical um and a quote predicament um <laughs> Which of the following would best describe your situation? A, I live in some sort of hellish, uh, uh, what's this, Kafkaesque? I can't remember. Kafka, Kafka, S Q, something like that. I can't pronounce it right, but I know Kafka, the author. Uh, political state. Kafka. I can't say it. My tongue will. Uh, I hate the fact that my tongue no longer works. I cannot. If it has more than two syllables, I have a hard time. Kafka esque. Kafka esque. Please state. What a retard I am. Or B. I live in the world's greatest democracy. Or C. I'm Caucasian, so this doesn't really happen to me yet. <laughs> I have to admit that I am quite impressed at the amazing foresight displayed by the Washington gang in getting these new and vastly improved interpretations of bankruptcy and eminent domain on the books just in time to serve the needs of the victims of, of Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, quite coincidence. Yes. And I'm also quite impressed with the Washington's propaganda unit, otherwise known as Hollywood, which continues to demonstrate uncanny ability to serve up a product that offers commentary on ongoing events, despite the fact that the product 
was filmed long before the events even took place. Consider, for example, the new television series, quote, Invasion, end quote, which debuted on September 21, just a few short weeks after the flooding of New Orleans and just three days after Rita came ashore. The two curious facts about this new show stood out even before the first episode aired. One, ABC chose to premiere it it, along with the rest of its slate of of new fall shows, even though it was obviously in very poor taste to do so. And two, there was not a whimper or protest from any avenue of the media over the decision. For those who have not seen Invasion, you are all excused for that oversight since the series, shockingly enough, sucks. It concerns a rather strange going on in an aftermath of, are you ready for this? A Gulf Coast hurricane. <laughs> Prominently featured on the program are frequent allusions to government cover-ups. The hurricane that kicks off the series, you see, was apparently not your run-of-the-mill hurricane, according to one of the characters of the show, a character who, as custom dictates, is portrayed as a paranormal, paranoid, quote, conspiracy theorist with a fondness for aliens. The hurricane was actually an elaborate, quote, a cover for a military operation, end quote. Other, elsewhere in the premiere episode, a young girl spoke uh, cryptically, cryptically about how, quote, the truth will never come out, end quote, because the media won't hang around for long before they move on to other things. Uh, and uh, these they, uh, these may or may not be exact quotes, I wasn't taking notes. <laughs> Despite being a mediocre show at best, Evasion, Invasion, excuse me, has received rave reviews from many supposed critics. And the fact that the show is on the air at all, despite the obvious intense insensitivity shown to the Tens of thousands of victims of Katrina and Rita, coupled with the fact that it is actually being praised rather than questioned, would seem to indicate that some powerful folks in Washington slash Hollywood access feel that it is important that the event invasion be seen by the viewing public. What a bunch of bastards that run our, our country, run this world. They really are. Evil men and women. I hate to say it. At this point, it's just evil men and women. And, of course, that would be because we have been grown up under a satanic, Luciferian system our whole lives. A pagan, Roman Catholic, satanic, Luciferian system. It pretends to be Protestant for some reason. Well, that's just because they can't lie. They can't help themselves to lie about everything. 
But we have the guns, and uh, it will work out, and have big bellies and big crabs. So what comes in must come out. And that, of course, raises the obvious question, why is it important for the sugar to be seen? My guess is that it is probably because at the very time when people of conscience should be asking questions and not too dissimilar from those raised in invasion, Hollywood has already in its uh, I can't say the word inevitable inevitable style proactively um, re- relegated such concerns to the world of television fantasy and of course thrown a bunch of aliens in the mix can anal probes be far behind (laughs) perhaps we should throw caution in the wind and have a quick look at some of the quote conspiracy theories and the quote surrounded surrounding Hurricane Katrina. Um, There certainly is no shortage of them out there. Probably the most elaborate theories are the ones ones claiming that the government actually created Katrina using advanced, quote, black and, quote, technology. Personally, I find that scenario to be highly unlikely. And yes, by the way, I am well aware of uh, that control of weather has been for some time now an explicitly stated goal of the U.S. government, military, excuse me. And yes, I am also aware, well aware of hard project in Alaska. However, there is a big difference between having the desire and willingness to do something and having the technology, to, uh, technological ability to actually do it. And I seriously doubt that the technology to create and control man-made weather systems currently exist. Of course, this is David's opinion in 2005, which, first of all, shows how aware he was. Even 2005, he knew about this stuff. I didn't even know about any of this stuff until four years ago. (laughs) Um, No one ever talked to me about any of that stuff. I seriously doubt that mankind even has an accurate understanding of how natural occurring weather systems operate which would seem to be the prerequisite for creating artificial systems. And this is opinion, but I don't necessarily agree with him on that. I know where he's coming from. Uh, ten years later, it seems to me like they certainly like to play around with it. I think they can affect it. I don't know if they can actually necessarily have absolute control, but they certainly can affect it. A related theory is one that holds that while Katrina was not necessarily artificially created, it was deliberately steered into Orleans. Again, that seems very unlikely, more plausible than the creation theories, I suppose, but still very unlikely. And the truth is, truth of the matter is that what they, what these almost entirely speculative theories primarily do is to draw attention away from the real question that needs to be asked here, which is, was 
Hurricane Katrina even a primary cause of the devastation in New Orleans, or did it just provide? Sorry about that. I had a sneeze. <clears throat> Theory. Okay, we're, uh, I hate when I lose my place. The Muslim will never get back to so. The primary question, the real question, as Dave uh, states, was the Hurricane Katrina even a primary cause of the devastation in New Orleans, or did it just provide a convenient, quote, cover for a military operation? That's a very good point. And yes, it's a very good point. Yes. Very good. I'm so grateful that uh, a guy like uh, Dave existed, and uh, a guy like uh, Chris Chris Kendall, you know, guys who ask the right questions, they can critically think. Because I struggle with it, if I'm honest with you, you know. And it's just the way it is. I constantly catch myself fall into one lie after another, one deception after another. I guess the difference is between me and most people is that I can recognize that and I'm honest about it. Most people I know are not honest about it. And, uh, well, whatever it's worth. Already a long forgotten both the media and the always well-informed American public <laughs> is that there was a, a bizarrely long gap between when Katrina came ashore and when the levees were breached. Uh, also long forgotten is that the earliest reports out of New Orleans held that the city had been spared from a direct hit and the storm had therefore done considerably less damage than anticipated. Uh, Captain Nora Tyson, commander of the U- USS uh, Baton, a uh, Baton, uh, just like that. Oh, really? Oh, look at something. Wasn't that the same, your similar name to uh, the Paris attacks? Paris attacks. But, Betanon Bishop describes Paris attack of the tragedy. Uh, the Bata clan, that's what it was. What does Batatan mean anyways? Just out of curiosity. I'm sorry, sorry for getting distracted. Uh Batatan is a province of the Philippines occupying the entire Batanan Peninsula. And this could be uh definite definition. We'll now go from there to Baton Clan. Just Baton Clan. Just out of curious. 
So we know it's about that. We know that it's a location and uh, the Philippines, which is Roman Catholic. Uh, I'll go back here and just set a definition when I look at meaning. Sorry about this, but I just, you know, if anybody pays attention, the little that pay attention to what I do, um, this is what I do in my readings. I get sidetracked quite a bit. I get sidetracked because, you know, something comes up. And I like doing what I do, so I just share my journey with people. If you don't, don't like it, then who really cares? <laughs> it's, it's infamous for the death march. Got the claw. I'll go over there next. So we got. To, uh, used noun is very rare. Used as a noun is very rare. Of course, that bad. Corridor, corridor, death march corridor. Okay, so we get some kind of association with that, at least death march in World War II. Um, make sure that I'm saying that even right, because I don't say things right. What a bad embarrassment. I am baton, so it is baton. The Baton Clan, Karen, Baton. Uh, let's go with this. Baton Clan? Baton Clan. Baton Clan. Bataclan, Bataclan. Okay, Bataclan. French dictionary synonymous with a battalion. <laughs> battalion, example definition, conjunction. Sorry about the, the delay. Wikipedia, jump and navigation, 
Epiclon. Um, an operative theater in Paris named after Operetta. Live album of the members of the Velvet Underground. Yeah, Buckley Live in the Batacon. So it's kind of a famous place, isn't it? Anyway, it's just cursory investigations. How much investigation on anything worthy of that? So, um, back here, according to Los Angeles Times, oh, let's go back here. Uh, Captain Nora Tyson, commander of the USS Baton, a Navy uh, ship that first rode out the storm in the Gulf of Mexico before following it to shore perfectly summed up the initial feeling about the storm impact in New Orleans on Monday. It was like, wow, it missed us. It took a turn east and everything eased up. It was, let's open up Bourbon Street and have a beer. Let's go to party. And understandably so. And then all of a sudden, literally, figuratively, the dam broke. And here we are. This is Stephen S. Hedges' uh, Navy ship nearby, underused. Chicago Tribune, September 4th, 2005. According to the LA Times, uh, Wall Street was finding in a, a celebratory mood as well. Quote, the hurricanes are never good news for insurance companies, but by veering east New Orleans on Monday, Hurricane Katrina may have saved insurers a bundle. Major causality insurers saw only modest loss on Wall Street. Kathy M. Christoph insurer reevaluates reevaluates uh, hurricanes. Losses. Los Angeles Time, August 30, 2005, page C2 on the front page of the same newspaper. Katrina was said to have delivered a hard but glancing blow to North New Orleans, then spent its full fury on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, swamping beach resorts and inland towns. Scott Gold and Ellen Berry. Katrina hits the Gulf Coast. L.A. Times. A glance at again at the that glancing blow would have seriously or have serious repercussions, but not until the next day. Hurricane Katrina arrived on the shores on in New Orleans on the Monday morning, August 29th. By the time nightfall, by the time nightfall fell on the partially evacuated city. It appeared as though damage was passed and New Orleans had successfully dodged the bullets. Category four winds never really materialized. The rain was not much for New Orleans formerly uh, formable pumping system and all 350 miles of the city system of levees and channels or canals held fast against the 
fear, storm, or surge until that is the wee hours of the morning of Tuesday, August the 30th, when three channels on the 17th Street, 17th Street Channel, the London Street Channel, and the Industrial Channel, a.k.a. the Inner Harbor Navigation Channel, suffered major breaches in no less than five separate locations. The official story for the first several weeks was the storm surges from the mighty Katrina uh, were simply too much for the overburdened levees wall, levee walls to handle. The rising water uh, first surged over the top of the levee walls, and we were to believe sending the first flood waters to New Orleans, and then the levee walls themselves ultimately succumbed to the surging waters, and the rest, as they say, is history. And now, it's that's a nice little story. It really is. It's at least as good, I have to say, as any other stories cooked up in the recent years to explain away unusual events. True, if you really give it some thought, like, say, for 30 seconds or so, then it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but has never stopped a wild yarn from becoming a part of a newly reality before. Um, so it shouldn't be a problem now. Once upon a time, in a more innocent era, people might have questioned how it was that the storm surges could have caused the breaches of levees nearly a full day after the storm had hit town. How can that be? They might have asked, the storm came through here on Monday, and the levees weren't breached until Tuesday. The wind and the rain were pretty well gone by then, so it seems to me like it would have been a kind of an odd time for a massive storm surge. And it seems pretty darn peculiar that all five of those breaches, all five of them, occurred under cover of night some 18 to 21 hours after the Katrina came ashore. Today, and, and, these, and these much more enlightened times, we could never raise foolish, such foolish questions. Indeed, we instinctively do what is expected of all refined, cultured men and women of the 21st century. We warmly embrace whatever nonsensical lie are thrown our way, and then we go and share those lies to others, only to find that everyone else already knows the same lies, which is okay, as it turns out, because... That makes it easier for us all, us to all sit around and discuss current events as though we actually know what we're talking about. In this particular situation, however, we do not have the, to blindly accept the first official line. There are slightly different roles to play here. 
because this is one of those cases where the official story has been officially repudiated. That the official repudiation, however, was a rather coy one, which means that this is a situation where it is okay to believe either the first official lie, lie or the second official lie. Either one will do just fine, just so long as you firmly believe in one of the two. The closet, uh, closest, excuse me, the closest parallel I could think of here concerns the attack on the Pentagon on September 11th. Readers will recall that at first it was claimed that the plane and everything in it was vaporized by the intense heat from the resulting fire. Later, however, it was claimed that the passengers were actually covered, recovered and identified through DNA analysis and that the plane had been largely reconstructed and was sitting in an unidentified aircraft hangar. <clears throat> Obviously, both stories could not possibly be true, and in fact, neither one of them was actually true. But that that's not the point here. The point here is that it is perfectly okay to be a true believer in either official version of reality. What is not okay is trying to insert your own reality, or worse yet, a relatively objective reality into the mix. That would be considered a major faux pas. Um, the important thing to remember here is that while you are not limited to a specific official reality, you must choose from one of the available official realities. <laughs> and, <laughs> and as I started to say, there is a new official story concerning the breached levees. It goes something like this. The levee breaches along two major canals that flooded New Orleans after the Hurricane Katrina resulted from massive soil failures under concrete storm walls, not from hurricane surges. That set water over the tops of the walls, as the Army official initially said, according to the team of investigators who had examined the evidence in the last week. Finding of the findings appear to chip away to a simple story that the storm surge was much larger and higher than the wall was designed to handle. Investigators have found no evidence of such overflow or fundamental scourging of the, uh, scoring of the breaches in the London Avenue or the 17th Street canals. Two main failures behind the central New Orleans flooding. In fact, in one case, water marks are a full two and a half feet below the tops of the walls. This is Ralph Velta, I think, Velta Bedian, I catch an item. Velta Bedian of Arta. Vartabedian, maybe that's what it is, Vartabedian. 
soil failure, net overflow cited, and levee breaches, end quote. Well, there was a quote there. Uh, Los Angeles Times, October 8, 2005, page 826. So this guy, he reads his newspaper, which is something that I... Uh, and my hat off to him that he can read it, and, and he has that capacity to, to deal with it. I can't stand it. Um, so it appears that it has now been officially acknowledged that there was no massive storm surge that sent water pouring over the levee walls on either Monday or Tuesday morning. Even at the height of the storm, the hurricane surges did didn't come close to overflowing the levee walls at either 17th Street or London Avenue, London Avenue canals, where water remained, quote, more than two feet below the tops of the walls. Once again, this is Ralph Vartabedian and Stephen Braun. Quote, system failures seen in the levee, end of quote, Los Angeles Times, October 22, 2005. But then uh, hours later, when the winds and the, wind, the rain had died down and the relative and relative calm had returned to the waters of Lake, oh, I can't remember pronouncing this, it's Pont, sorry about this, Pontchartrain, Pontchart train. The soil underneath the levee walls in multiple locations spontaneously failed along the London Avenue Canal. For example, a 100-foot-long block of soil about 15 feet deep was pushed back 35 feet as the earth berm shifted and Concrete storm walls on top collapsed into the hole left by the moving soil and displaced it in the water. I wonder what could cause that to happen. Why would there be such a tremendous lateral force exerted on the soil uh, underlying the levee walls at the at that peculiar time, particular time? Is that the norm in an aftermath of a hurricane? I am not, I'm no expert on the dynamics of various types of natural disasters, but it seems to me that the phenomenon like that would more likely be the result of an earthquake than a hurricane. Another plausibility, I suppose, is that some type of death charges were responsible for the undermining the levees. I'll bet that the Pentagon has something in its catalogs that would do the trick. But I don't recall reading any news reports of the levy being deliberately blown. So I guess we have to rule out that possibility. Luckily, we have an alternative explanation, according to most recent reports. The soil failures were caused by oak trees and burrowing rodents. <laughs> the, quote, quote, the triggering event of the catastrophic failure of the 17th Street Canal may have been 
the fall of a large oak tree planted in the base of the levee, the trees falling, starting a chain reaction that took out several hundred feet of flood wall. A similar scenario may have played out on London Avenue Canal. In addition, burrowing animals created large tunnels that undermine already weak foundations in the quote. Levy board officials, however, openly scoffed at such foolishness, noting that, quote, there were no trees on the levee anywhere, and neither were there large concentrations of burrowing rodents. And once again, this is from that Ralph Varta BDN and Stephen Braun system failure seen in the levee. Uh, Los Angeles Times, October 22, 2005. Since it is pretty obvious that the only only a crazed conspiracy theorist would buy into the notion that oak trees and rodents caused the massive flooding of New Orleans, let's turn our attention back to the more credible theory that the levees were deliberately breached and as it turns out, there were indeed some reports of deliberate breaching, albeit much later in the day, Tuesday, many hours after the initial breaches. Quote, authorities took the decision to flood uh, Crowder Road District in an apparent attempt to, to sluice out some of the water that had submerged a, a neighboring district. Authorities had given people in the district until 5 p.m. on Tuesday to get out. After that, they would open the floodgates. Jamie Deward, quote, they're not giving us what we need to survive, end of quote, the Observer, September 4th, 2005. Do levees have floodgates? Gates that, if open, allow neighbors to be flooded? That's a pretty odd feature. I hope they keep them locked and to keep the neighborhood kids from trying to open them. What really happened, I suppose, is that the levee was deliberately breached, but we wonder how they did it. I wonder if they undermined it by blasting away the soil underneath. I'm just curious because that seems to be a pretty effective technique and it probably makes relatively little noise. But I guess in this case, noise wasn't really a factor since breaching the levees was an officially acknowledged act. No one was trying to hide anything. If you were trying to hide authorship of the breach, though, it might be a good idea to undermine the levee walls rather than just blast the, blasting them directly. I'm going to get ready. So, I think it's a good place to stop right there. So, good old New Orleans Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina. And, um, next time, next time, uh, we'll, we'll get back to this. Just about done with part one, but I think I've had enough of the reading.
Uh, I had a great time last night uh, talking to uh, Jonathan. Uh, his YouTube channel, once again, is The Morgel. T-H-E-M-O-R-G-I-L-E. And you can find him on Globusters as well. Not, not Globusters.com, but Globusters. And, or Jaronism, you can find that link there. Um, Jaronism, or Jaron did a good thing about Santa. Um, Bernardino. And how um, that was just completely staged to show it. So. Demonstrate emphatically that there was no stage event, so. Oh, good. Good to know that Becky likes that. Looks like she's a nurse. Yeah, you get ready, so. Shaved, took a shower, and all that. I didn't do anything I wanted to do today. I wanted to do laundry before my son showed up, but it didn't happen, so. Anyways. Dave McGowan. We love you, and we still love you and your family, so. And all the guys over there at Take a Break Beaten love you guys, too. Brothers in Christ, and thanks for your support. So, alright, we'll end this journey. Be part two next time I get around to doing it.